Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. We glorify you, we glorify you, we worship you. Just lift up your hands, lift up your voice, we worship you, Jesus. We glorify you. the book of Psalm chapter 9 that says at his presence our enemies they fall and they perish I remember um, several years ago I was at Brother Copeland's Southwest Believers Convention and uh, I got a call from someone I know hadn't seen them in a long time and they asked me for something and uh, God told me to help them in the way that they had asked and so I did and uh, I don't know if you've ever been at a Southwest Believers Convention but there's opportunities to be there I, I think what is it David like 27 services and there's there's five a day, five a day six, for six days. Thirty. There's thirty services. Is that five days? So you can have something transpire at the beginning and still be there. It's like driving through Texas. You know, you're there. Once you're there, you're there. <laughs> You'll be there a while. And I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. I'm just saying something earlier in the week, and then something transpired, and I was still there. In meetings and the enemy was trying to join me in the service and he said you have just put yourself in a very bad place by what you did and I answered him and I said when I obey God I never end up in a bad place See, you have to answer. You have to answer. And uh, over the course of the next little bit, he just kept saying, you have just put yourself in a mighty bad place. And I again answered and said, I never put myself in a bad place obeying God. I put myself in the best place. And after about 30 minutes of this just going back and forth, God said something. And he said to me, if you would just live in my presence, you wouldn't even have to listen to that. Meaning, far enough in to hear God, but not far enough in to not even entertain what the enemy may do. That's the wonderful thing about His presence. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. How can we say that? Because He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow 
of the Almighty. And how many of you know when you're under His shadow, the stress of the times cannot reach you? You're shielded from the stress of the times. Don't magnify the times because they can't reach Him. And I'm in Him and I'm hidden in Christ. And the only way they can touch you is for you to come out of your hiding place and give attention to it. So tonight, that especially and tangibly is a, is a place that we're in together tonight, in His presence. Amen. So leave everything that isn't of His presence out of your attention tonight. Because really, faith is just simply this, fixed on the right thing. Fixed. Fixed. It doesn't mean the wrong thing leaves you alone. It just means you're so fixed you don't even notice or care what else would try to insert itself because you're fixed. It's a spiritual discipline and a skill of faith. Amen. So I say tonight, you're authorized to not think about what might have tried to trouble you when you came in this place tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your anointing. And we've come to cooperate. We've come to cooperate with your plan in this service. We've come to cooperate with your anointing, with your word, with what you have for us. So we respond to it. We release our faith. We attach our faith. We're in expectation. Meaning this, Father, spiritually, we're on the edge of our seat. We're not sitting back okay if something passes us by, but we sit on the forefront of our faith and we say we're taking it all tonight. Hallelujah. And everybody said, amen. Turn around and give four or five people around you a great big God bless you. Then you can be seated. we're told that speaking of the Hebrews that were delivered out of Egypt, it said the word preached did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed, mixed with faith. Faith is the activator of the power of the word. Faith converts the word into power. And so they did not mix faith with the word that they heard. And they didn't profit. None of us came here tonight to not profit. We all came to profit. If there's profit, there's something you have that you didn't have before. If a company prints their profit and loss statement, by showing their profit, they're showing 
that they have more than they had before. What they did not have before they now have. And that's what the Word does for us. What we were not moving in or what we were not stepping into, what we were not receiving of, we're profiting. Amen. Every service we should profit. Every service we should gain something. Revelation, light, amen. And so we've come tonight, every single one of us, to bring our faith, haven't we? Amen. And you know, uh, if you're sitting at a table, a dinner table, the one who can most easily reach the food is the one who reaches. You know, we can sit in a chair and have extended reach or no reach. But the only thing that happens at a dinner table is uh, if someone reaches further than you, they can get what was intended for you. And I don't want anybody getting my portion. Not that God's going to run out, but I'm leaving nothing on the plate. Leaving nothing on the table. Amen. And so we've come hungry tonight and so grateful for what he's already done. How many of you have been in most of the services this week? Raise your hands. Praise the Lord. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for coming. And I have to say, Pastor Chris and Amber Cody, thank you so, so much for opening your church to us. Thank you. A million, million thanks into this congregation. Thank you so much. Um, turn with me, if you would, tonight. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I urge every pastor to make the teaching of faith an emphasis in your church. Because it's only by faith we can receive from God. There's no other way. And when we're skillful with our faith, we don't have to wait for God to initiate something because faith initiates something. And you say, well, that's kind of arrogant for you to think that you can initiate something with God. The only thing is, he initiated me initiating by giving me his faith. If he didn't want us initiating something by faith, he shouldn't have given us his faith. But he gave us his faith because he's saying, now spend it anytime you need it. You can come and lay hold of anything you need. But if people are not taught faith, someone is doing without what heaven has for them and that they need. You can love the Lord, but not be skillful in faith. And uh, it's on the basis of faith that we receive. And you say, well, why does God expect faith of me? Because nothing's off limits to faith. Faith can have it all. I said faith can have it all. It belongs to us, but it's faith that takes possession of what's been theirs all along. 
I was riding in the car with someone years ago, a friend of mine, and some, I don't know how our conversation worked around to it, but she was talking about a friend that she had had years before, and she said, um, I had a certain friend and said she died young. And she said, uh, when I get to heaven, this is what my friend said. She said, when I get to heaven, the first question I'm going to ask Jesus is why did she die so young? And when she said that, the word of the Lord came to me. It said, tell her she doesn't have to wait till she sees me. I'll tell her why right now. And he said, tell her the reason she died because the church she went to. They didn't teach her faith. They didn't teach her how to receive and cooperate with God. So I urge you, if people, our congregation members aren't taught faith, they're doing without their answers. The answers that belong to them. Faith is so important. You can't please God without it. You can't please Him without it. You can't even, you can't even move with Him without it. Because faith moves into the unknown. And there's no risk moving into the unknown because the unknown is known by God. And faith is important. I said faith is important. Sometimes people come, whether to their church or to some meeting, and they're just hoping God drop something on them. Well, you don't have to ever come to any service hoping when you can come believing. Amen. So we want to have skill with our faith. God invites us. He's given us his faith not so we can be um, unskillful with it, but skillful with it. If you're born again, you have the faith of God in you. Now you can strengthen that faith. You can learn how to cooperate with that faith, or we can ignore that faith. And it can end up being dead faith. James talks about dead faith. Dead faith doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It means it's got no movement. If you have a, a, a corpse in the room, it's still there. It's just not moving. Faith that's making no progress is dead. It's a dead faith. If our faith is not growing and developing, our spiritual lives are not growing and developing. Because you can't move with God and move further spiritually without faith. Amen. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, we all know that. You're singing to the choir. Well, we're going to sing some more tonight to you. We fixing to have us a full-blown cantata. <laughs> Orchestra, choir, soloists, all of it. 
First Thessalonians chapter 3. First Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10. Paul writes and he says, Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face. He must have known something by the, or the Spirit of God saying something because they knew we'd be in a digital age one day. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, there are some things that will never happen till the man of God can see your face. Because you have to be, for, for, for a minister, people have to be in proximity to receive the most. In pastoring for 25 years, um, the gifts of the Spirit operated more when I got around the people than when I wasn't around the people. Right? And uh, God didn't have me to minister to someone who was absent. I'm not saying He can't some other way, but I'm just saying... Nothing takes the place of a man of God seeing your face That's because right. they can diagnose your need yes. by the Spirit. The devil would love to get you, if I could say this, thinking you have a pastor because you can see them, but if they can't see you, if they can't see you, Paul didn't say praying not in de- praying exceedingly that you might see my face. No, that's right. Come on, that's real. But that I might see your face. The devil will always give you all kinds of distractions so the man of God can't see your face. So that he's got all kinds of strategies, all kinds. And. Paul said, I need to see your face. I remember I was doing a service on a Sunday morning and I looked out and there was a a woman minister that had come that morning. She lived maybe an hour or so away and she would come to our special meetings, but she traveled full time. So I was a little surprised to see her in the morning service. And I, I was prepared to minister a certain direction But when I walked out and I saw her face, I saw the desperation. I saw the cloud over her. And because I saw her face, I changed what I preached and preached to her. Come to find out she'd been given a death sentence over her head physically. And because I was able to see her face, I was able by the word to give her her answer. What if she would have just stayed at home and hoped that God would meet her some way? The woman with the issue of blood, it was just faith getting up and getting dressed. When you've had an issue of blood for 12 years, you talk, you talk about anemia, baby. That woman was anemic. Put her life at risk just to get up and get clothes on and get past every opposition, say, nothing's keeping me away. Nothing's keeping me away. And that's what she did. She, they didn't, you know, Jesus, he, he had a mobile ministry, you know. He's on the move. She had to find him. We don't know how far she had to go to get where he was. 
I guarantee you he wasn't going door to door knocking on the door and saying anybody in here needs something. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not what that's not the way that happened. Faith. Faith provoked her to get outside what was comfortable, what was convenient. She got up, she got dressed. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Got out of her house, traveled so however far to find him, and then when she got there, multitudes around him. People don't realize distractions can keep them away from things God had for them. Now, we, as pastors, we have to teach that to our congregations. Praise the Lord. Night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face. The man of God got to see my face. Got to see my face. The first meetings I put on my calendar every year are not mine. The first meetings I put on my calendar every year are Brother Copeland's, where God has told me to be, because he's going to see my face. He's going to see my face. He's going to know. And you say, yeah, you're on his network. I wasn't. Oh, that's right. If he hadn't seen my face, I'd have never been on the network. No matter how anointed somebody thinks there is, if the man of God can't see your face, they know you're not invested. I didn't intend to go this way, but listen, you're here. Good for you. I'm just talking to you that this has something to do with where we end up in life. With our health, our prosperity, how our families turn out. Because in this day and age, it's all digital. Listen. Nothing you do in life is as important as where you hear the word. Nothing you do. Nothing you do is as important as where you hear the word. That's why we have to treat this time around the word. It's not like any other thing we do in our day. That's right. That's right. Amen. That's right. I don't want to look like I'm going to the beach. I don't want to look like I'm going to the mall because yeah. I'm going someplace Amen. special. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm, Amen. Going, I'm going to go deal with God and the honor of what I get to hear, what I get to involve myself. Amen. Nowhere I go looks like where I go when I go to church. It is honorable. There's nothing anywhere near it. So I don't ever want to show God that I was able to get somewhere less important. That's right. People need to hear this. This woman with the issue of blood. She got a miracle because she got where the man of God could see her face. We're still preaching her miracle yes, because she yes. got out of the house. Yes. For one reason, she got out of the house. People have no idea their miracle is as easy as getting out of the house. It begins with that. People want a miracle. Get out of the house then. Well, it costs money. It costs more money to be sick. 
Praise the Lord. And I'm not railing. Please, I'm not railing. I'm just railing. No. <laughs> no, I'm saying people are people are being robbed of the miraculous over something so insignificant. And God said to me that day in that car with my friend, said, tell her. I'll tell her why she died young. She went to the wrong church. Yeah, come on. It matters. She didn't go where they taught her. It's life and death what church you go to. It's life and death. And that's why I say, pastors, put faith in people. Put faith in people. Put faith in people. Because without it, they're, gonna, they're not going to get their answers. No matter how much the Lord loves them. And no matter how much they love the Lord. Amen. I'm not belittling the love of God, but love will never take the place of faith, and faith will never take the place of love. You cannot exchange those. You can't say, well, I just love the Lord. That's wonderful. And He loves you. But because He loves you, He provided something, and it takes more than love to receive it. Come on. Come on. It takes faith to receive it. Faith. Praise the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, I'm trying to get through it and you won't let me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face. And might, look at this, perfect that which is lacking in your faith. If you're born again, you got faith. But I guarantee you, because we're born again and have faith, we also need, our faith needs something. It does, it does, amen. What kind of faith that do we, how do we know our faith is perfected when we receive every single time? God intends and God designed faith and we have the God kind of faith that works every time. And if it's not working every time, we're invited. We're invited to have our faith perfected. And that's what, that's why we come to church so our faith can be perfected. That's one reason. Amen. The Bible in basic English reads about this phrase, that we may see your face and, and make your faith complete. The common English Bible said, see all of you in person. We want to see all of you in person. Don't send your spirit. Just, yeah, I'm there in spirit. Well, come, bring your body. Bring, bring, your, bring your person. Bring your person. Might see all of you in person. And to complete whatever you still need for your faith. Come on. The complete Jewish Bible says that we might be able to see you face to face and supply whatever shortcomings there may be in your trust. The English Standard Version, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking. What's lacking in your faith. You can't go to the grocery store and get your faith supplied. Can't go to the mall and get it supplied. Can't go to the beach and get it supplied. But you can come to where the Word is taught. And something is added to your faith that will change the entire future of your life. Yes. 
And we're in that place tonight. When somebody tells me they're going to teach on faith, nothing thrills me like hearing faith taught. You want to know why? Because it's my part. Teach me how to better do my part. Faith is my part. Power is God's part. I'm not going to mess. I'm not going to try to do his part. I can't do his part. We can't do his part. We're not even responsible for his part. We're responsible for our part. So when I hear somebody say, I'm going to teach on faith. Why? Because the better I am at my part, results, 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 results. I'm the variable, not God. You're the variable, not God. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 8. Where are we to be headed in our faith life? That every time we pray, every time we release our faith, we always receive. Always receive. Always receive. If we, don't, if we can say, I don't, oh, I have not always received, thank God for a good local church. To help you to always receive by having your faith fed and being taught faith. According to what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians, if we aren't receiving the answer, it's not because we don't have faith. It's because our faith needs something more. Lacks something. Matthew 8, verse 1. When Jesus was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper... And worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Notice this. The leper came in. Notice what it says in verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. So when the leper came, what did he come into? A multitude. multitude. Are lepers lepers lawful to do that? So we see something about this man. It shows when he was where he was not supposed to be. That showed that he thought Jesus could do something for him. Doesn't he? He thinks. He put his life at risk. Why? He thinks Jesus can do something for me. That is, that's good. He is expecting something. Yeah. He risked much to be there. He risked everything to be there. So in verse 2, it says this, And behold, there came a leper, look at this, and worshipped him. He has an honor. He has an honor for Jesus. And he said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. So notice this, he believes Jesus can. He's got some pretty good things going on here for him. Yeah, he, he, he's willing to bypass the threats to get where his miracle happens 
Because he thinks something can happen. Something can happen for me. But notice, he's come. He's gotten past opposition to get there. You know his mind was telling him. Yeah, what are you doing? You better. He went past all kinds of mental opposition to get there. Because he believes something can happen. But notice, it's not enough for healing. So, he believes Jesus can, but he doesn't know if he will. So what's this? Something's lacking in the way he thinks. His heart is ready to believe, but his understanding, his knowledge is insufficient. You can have a heart ready to believe, but if you lack critical knowledge, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's why I so love the local church. It's the only place to gain this knowledge. I'm not saying... I'm talking about on a regular basis just for you. Yes, we have special meetings or you can go to special meetings, but you understand the pastor living with you, pumping knowledge of faith, how to move with God, how to receive from God. So we see he had faith, but his faith lacked knowledge, further knowledge. He had a measure of knowledge. Yeah. He believed Jesus could. He just didn't know if he would. When Jesus answered this man, because what did Jesus say to him? Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will, be thou clean. When Jesus answered that for this man, he answered it for every man. That's right. No man's ever got a right to say, will he? That's right. Never. That's right. He answered it for every man. You have no leg to stand on. None of us ever have a leg. Will God do this for me? I lack of knowledge. Amen. Jesus, notice this. Verse 3, and Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. He didn't just give him healing. He gave him right thinking. Because if you don't think right, the healing cannot accomplish. The healing power cannot accomplish it. So we see faulty thinking with a measure of right believing. And this is what Paul said. He said that I may make up the difference or supply what you lack in your faith. Amen. So the man believed that Jesus could, didn't know if he would, and was left unhealed until Jesus corrected his thinking. God is doing you a kindness, straightening out your thinking. (laughs) That means I come to every service to have myself, my thinking straightened out. We are changed from glory to glory. And when people won't change their thinking, they rob themselves of a greater flow of the glory of God. Because changing the way we think, changing the way we speak, changing the way we conduct our daily life is going to affect the, the degree of the glory of God that we will partake of. So every service, we ought to come. I'm coming to change. I'm not coming to be the way I was. I'm coming to change something by the Word. 
Amen. Amen. So this stood up so big to me last night as God said to me, people come with what they call faith, but it's an improper definition of faith. And so then they say, I came in faith. This man came in faith, but there was something lacking in his faith. Yeah. Until we properly define faith, our misdefinition of faith will trip us up. Our misdefinition of it. To believe God can, but not sure if he will, is a misdefinition of faith. Let me tell, tell you another misdefinition. God is going to heal me sometime. That's not faith. That, see, drop that. That is not faith. You see this? This, this, this little, little thing. I hold this up to you and I say, see this red container? See this red container? You go, well, I see a container, but it ain't red, baby. It's a misdefinition of what I'm holding it. It ain't that. This is not a red container. To say, God's going to heal me sometime, it ain't faith. It's, that ain't it. You have misdefined it. And then people go, well, I'm using my faith. No, you're using a wrong definition. And calling it faith, but misdefining it does not make it faith. And using it doesn't make it faith. <laughs> faith is not believing. I'm talking about the faith that receives. Is not believing God can. Unsaved people who have no honor for God believe God can. Bible definition is not God can. Bible definition is not God is going to. No. That's right. That's right. Bible definition is of faith. God has already done it for me. He's already done it for me. Therefore, it's mine now. Now that's faith. That's faith. If you apply that, uh-huh. If you apply that yes. and won't move off of that, yes. won't, won't change your definition, receive every time. Receive every time because that's God does it for me now. God does it for me now. Now. Right now. Right now. That's the definition of faith. And many, many people get disappointed because they're applying what they call faith. And saying this faith message doesn't work, the properly defined faith message works. It's not hard. It's easy. God has already made it mine. It's mine now. Now let me tell you where people miss it, miss it, and where the devil helps people to think wrong about this. Go with me. Can we ever get away from Mark eleven twenty four? 24? I hope not. 
if we have, we've gotten too far away for us, right? Mark 11, verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Look at this. You're initiating this whole thing. Doesn't say, God, what you desire. Mark eleven twenty three, the verse before it, is telling us how to remove obstacles. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 23 is telling us things will obey you. Talk to them. Yes. <laughs> Remove them. Talk to them. Talk to them. Talk to them. Verse 24 is telling us how to get our desires met. Some things you need to get removed, and some things you need to move into. Your desires met. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Brother Hagen made a statement that was startling to me, but true, no doubt. He said, not many believe they receive at the time they pray. That was startling to me. This is where many miss it. They think it reads, therefore, or they apply this, whether they verbalize it or not, just something in the way of thinking. Therefore, I say to you what things ever you desire when you pray, believe that it's manifested. I'm trying to believe. I'm trying to believe it's, I'm trying to believe I got it. I'm trying to believe I got it, but I've got pain in my body and I'm trying to believe I've got See, you're thinking of manifestation. He doesn't ask you to say that something has manifested that hasn't manifested. Receiving and manifestation are two different things. Manifestation and receiving are two different things. Manifestation is dealing with what realm? The natural realm. Receiving is not dealing with the natural realm. It's dealing with the spirit realm. Believe what things ever you desire. When you pray, Believe you receive them with your spirit. The hand of your spirit, the hand of faith, you lay hold of that, receive that. If you will do that, then the next phrase tells you, and you shall have it. Let, let, me, let me read it to you this way because I believe this would help you to understand it this way. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it while it's still invisible and you shall have it in the visible realm. Faith is dealing with the invisible. Faith is dealing with the unseen. And we're always connecting faith to manifestation of what we see. Faith is no, not dealing with anything manifested. It's only ever dealing with the unseen. How do you deal with the unseen with your spirit? The unseen part of you. Your healing, your miracle, your answer exists in two forms. The unseen form. And when you believe it while it's in its unseen form, that's what causes it to become seen. Yes. Yes. 
from unseen to seen, from invisible to visible. But most are thinking of visible, seen, manifested, and they have bypassed this glorious uh, force of our faith that deals with things we don't see here, therefore we're not limited. Amen. Um, receiving is what you do with your heart. It's what you do with your spirit, man. Every single one of you on the inside of you have believed something that wasn't out here. Some have even, some, we would call it worry. In the negative direction. In the negative direction. People believe, I'm going to lose my home. I'm going to lose my home. They hear threats or all, I'm going to lose my home. And they start believing it. So they start doing things. Out here. Because they believe what they haven't seen. Because fear also deals with the unseen. And they started acting in line with that because... They were believing something not seen. So you know what it means that you believing something that isn't out here. But there have been times that no doubt God has said something to you and you on the inside, you grabbed it. Receiving is not dealing with the natural. Receiving is dealing with the invisible. What things ever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it while it's invisible. That's the definition of faith. And it will manifest if you will not come off of that. Jesus told the disciples, let's get in the boat, we're going to the other side. They all got in because they expected to go to the other side. They didn't think anything about it. And then Jesus goes to sleep, a storm comes up, these are fishermen. The water is not new territory to them. They're, they're skilled at that water. They know exactly that boat life. A couple fishermen in that boat, you know. They know all the things to do in that scenario. They know them all, and they did them all. And none of it worked. None of it worked. And so Peter came with these ever-tender words to Jesus. Carest thou not? (laughs) Aunt Mabel just is down at the emergency room. Don't you care? Why? Because he came to Jesus. Jesus just asleep. Carest thou not? Already accused. Accused of not caring. And he he just waking up his eyes. You don't care. Carest thou not? When you don't respond like people who don't know what you know, they will accuse you of not caring just because you're not as overwrought as they are. That's okay. You just stay in peace because then you can really help them. Carest thou not? Look at the next phrase, that we perish. Peter, who told you you were perishing? Who told you? 
Jesus said you're going to the other side. You believe that or you wouldn't have gotten in the boat. If you, Jesus said, you know, boys, there's going to come a storm. I'm going to sleep my way through it. Hope you make it. I don't know that they would have all gotten in the boat. They would, they would have said, I just rented a donkey. So they believed they were going to go to the other side. They changed what they believed because of what they saw. This is what faith doesn't do. It doesn't change what it believes because of what it sees. It believes what it receives. It doesn't believe what it sees. Receive it with your spirit. God is a spirit being. You will, your body will never be healed until your spirit lays hold of it first. God does not heal your body bypassing your spirit. He heals your body through your spirit. Everything your body receives came first through your spirit. Do you understand that? And many are trying to have something out here that in here hasn't laid hold of yet. That's faith. Laying hold of it, receiving it here first. Convinced. I am unshakable in this. School yourself into laying hold of it first here. There was a woman who was dying. She was at home. This was years ago when people were sick at home and stayed home before hospitals were something that was frequented. And uh, she had tuberculosis. And she, she had been given a death sentence. And she had written to, I believe it was Smith Wigglesworth, and he sent a prayer cloth to her. And when she grabbed hold of that thing, the power of God went into her, and she grabbed that with her spirit. It wasn't just out here. Her spirit received that. And she laid in bed and shouted for three days, just, thank God, I got, because her spirit grabbed hold of it. Her spirit. Her body didn't immediately show change, but her spirit got it. Her spirit got it. And after three days, then it played out. This is what happens. Miracles begin in the spirit. Healings begin with your spirit. If you will hold fast and not be shaken, not be swayed, then it will manifest out here. It will show evidence of what has already transpired in here. But nothing, no transaction from God happens in your life without your spirit first receiving it. What things have you desire when you pray, believe you receive it with your spirit. Your spirit It's talking about your spirit. He's not saying believe it's manifested. He's saying but receive that in here. And if you will be unswayed off of that which you received, it will show up. Because you can lay hold of something with your spirit, then let go of it. Your spirit let go of it. 
That's what the devil's counting on. That's why he launches counterattacks. Morgan was talking about how to keep your healing. That means after hands are laid on you or someone has prayed for you, you walk out of there and you even fortify. Thank God I'm healed. Not because my body showed it, but because of my insides. My spirit agreed with this. Interesting testimony that in the, it would have been in the 50s, there was a, it was an evangelist that came to a church and there were two women in that church that both had the same forms of cancer. He ministered to both of them and they were healed. They both went back to the doctor, got a clean bill of health. About six months later, one of the women stood up when the pastor was taking prayer requests in the service and she said, I'm asking the congregation to pray for me because the symptoms have come back. When symptoms come back, where do they come back to? The body, not your spirit. They come to the body. Your healing didn't begin with your body. It began with your spirit. Your spirit being. That's the feature of you that makes you like God. He's a spirit. We're spirit beings. He deals with us spirit to spirit. God speaks to you. He doesn't speak to your mind. He speaks to your spirit, and your spirit enlightens your mind. Everything, every transaction from heaven goes through your spirit. Amen. There's a chain of command. There's a chain of authority in your being, and God will not violate that chain of command. He deals with you spirit to spirit. This is what Mark 11, 24 is talking about, your spirit receiving. Your spirit. You can receive with your spirit and then let go of it. Why? If pressure comes, if feelings come, if bombarding thoughts are not addressed, they'll sway you off of what you believe in here. And so we see that with Peter. He changed in the boat what he believed. He, from in here. The circumstances out here swayed his insides. Um, then you see him walking on water. A miracle began. He received a miracle. He walked, I don't care if it's half a step, it's half a step more than we've all taken. We can't dog him out for, well, he sank. Well, he had to be on top of the water to sink first, so don't leave that out. But what was it? He said, Jesus, if that, if that you bid me come, in other words, give me something to walk. He wasn't walking on water. He was walking on this word, come, come. So he gets out and he's walking. He's not believing it out here because he'd never gotten out of the boat if he believed it out here first. He believed in here. So he starts walking, but then he let his attention go to out here. 
he starts sinking and it's not consummated. That miracle was begun and a miracle was lost. So we can grab hold with our spirits and then let go. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because that's not faith to let go. God does it for me now. God does it for me now. Does he, now, right now. It's mine now. In here, I grab that. That's why people get duped off because they're looking out here for manifestation to give evidence. The word is your evidence. Faith doesn't deal without here. It deals with one thing, words. 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 It's all by words. And if you're going to live by feelings, you can't enjoy all that faith would bring you. That's it. Amen. What things ever you desire, when you pray on the inside of you, put that hand of faith on that. Say, that's mine. That's mine. Right now, that's mine. See, your hand of faith can grab it now. Even if the body doesn't show it now, the hand of faith always grabs it now. And if it's not now, your hand of faith didn't grab it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Amen. You said, I love the Lord. That's good, but that's not the hand of faith. No, that's right. Laying hold. Yes. Laying hold. Amen. That's it. Yeah. Amen. We're spirit beings. Yes. Yes. We're conducting divine business. Yes. Yes. And divine business does not begin out here in the natural realm. It all begins with your spirit. Amen. What things serve you desire when you pray? Receive it with your spirit and you shall have it in this realm. How long? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Now, if you could do this, take a little, if you want to, take a little piece of paper and tape it over that and you shall have it. Right. Yeah. Not your part. That's, right. That's God's part. That's right. Stay out of God's part because people get all in up in God's business. When's it going to happen? How long I got to wait? How are you going to do it? Who are you going to use? Stay out of God's part. When you are in the, when you are asking questions, you're not in the faith arena anymore. You're in the mental arena. You're in the mental arena. <laughs> praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. Let's not misdefine faith. People are waiting on God to heal him, to heal them. Or God to meet their need, and he's waiting on them to perform the act of receiving. Perform the act of receiving. Perform the act of receiving. What is that with your spirit? Laying hold of that. No wonder the devil fights to hold us in the mental arena, to draw us in the mental arena. Why? Because then he has separated us from our faith. Our faith is not in our minds. It's in our spirits. And your spirit man has the faith of God in it so that you can conduct business with God anytime you need it. Anytime you need it. Amen. Amen. Come on. Yes. 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 Yes.
and always reach to develop a faith that is leaning on no one. Don't be content to just lean on people spiritually. Have your own, have your own operative, strong hand of faith. And don't let people who don't understand it talk you out of the grip of what your hand is on. Amen. 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 Your spirit grabs hold, your heart, your heart, your heart grabs hold of things. You know what it is. I mean, you, you brought your first baby home the first time and your heart was hooked, right? You know what it's like for your heart to be connected to something. Perform the act tonight. Perform the act of receiving. Well, how long till my, my body changes? No, 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 no. That's not your part. That's not your part. How do you perform the act of receiving? I believe I receive with my spirit, Father, on the inside of me. I receive. And then we walk out of here not occupied with this, but occupied with I received it. I received it with my spirit. On Thursday night, I received it with my spirit. And then you wake up in the middle of the night and say, thank God my hand of faith is still on that. It's still on that. I received it, and it's still in my hand of faith. And every time you read a scripture, your hand of faith gets stronger. (laughs) Then you get mean and ugly about it. I mean, if something tries to come in, you can't. It cannot rip it out of your grip of faith. Amen. Receiving and manifestation are two different things. Don't treat them as the same. Then you'll you'll falter because the mind can't place how its part of faith is to operate. I just I agree. Can, can I? You know what? The hand of faith. Inward agreement. Inward agreement. From the inside, you agree. From the inside, you agree. You don't agree because something out here shows you. You agree because he said it. He said it. So I agree on the inside of me. When, when my husband started the, our church in 1991 in Murrieta, California, I said, you need to get a pastor in here. <laughs> because I knew this man's going to travel. You couldn't tie that man down. He was just on the go all the time. And so I said, you need to get a pastor in here. He said, you're the pastor. I said, I'm not the pastor. I'm not the pastor. God never told me I'm the pastor. I'm not the pastor. And I'm not going to be the pastor because you want me to pastor. <laughs> I'm not the pastor. Yeah. I, had, I had travel in my heart yeah. so big. Yeah. Right. And uh, I said, I'm not the pastor. <laughs> so he says, well, you're going to have to fill in for me while I'm gone. I, I'll fill in for you. So I did the music, <laughs> opened the service, did the music, led the singing, yeah. received the offering, passed the offering yes. bucket, preached the sermon, greeted the people on the way out. And Ned said, you're the pastor. I said, I'm not the pastor. <laughs> Not the pastor. Not the pastor. On the inside of me, it was this. 
on the inside of me, it was this. I'm doing it, but it's from out here. You know what I'm talking about. You know what it's like to agree with your insides or disagree from the insides. Sometimes you can verbally say you agree, but your insides are, are in total defiance. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Every one of you know. This is all that God's saying. Just give me your agreement from the inside. From the inside. Give me your agreement from the inside of you. Four years I did that. Four years. Four years. And I'd, I'd come up and say, baby, you need to get you a pastor in here. You're the pastor. I said, I'm not the pastor. I'm not. No, I'm not the pastor. You say, did you ask God? No, because I knew. <laughs> Plus, I wasn't interested in hearing anything different than what I knew. Yeah. Right? Why? Because God's a perfect gentleman. He won't force himself on anything, on anyone. You have to be willing to hear. You have to be willing to hear. Yeah. In 25 years of pastoring, I've had people come in and ask me something, and I didn't tell them their answer that I knew right. because I knew they weren't willing. They were giving me a courtesy appointment. Oh. They weren't willing. Right. Amen. If I would have told them something different than what they wanted to hear, then I become the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God's the same way. So we were in a conference in our church, and it had guest ministers, and in a morning meeting, a certain man got up to preach, and when he got up to preach, I had no idea what he preached because I got caught up in the Spirit. And I just fell into this trap. <laughs> it was a setup. <laughs> he got me in a place where I was hearing. And um, the word of the Lord came to me and said, Do you love me? I, I should have. You walked right, you walked right into it. That was a complete setup. Yeah. You remember when he asked Peter that three yeah, times? Yeah, yeah. And what'd he tell him? Yeah, feed my sheep. <laughs> so he said, you love me. I, I should, I should, mm. <laughs> Give an affectionate sound or something. <laughs> he said, do you love me? And I said, you know I love you. He said, then feed my sheep, Pastor. Oh. I was stunned. I was stunned. Four years of doing it and I'm stunned. Seriously, I was stunned. And he said, when you get up Sunday morning, announce to the people that you're the pastor. I go, they are going to be so shocked. <laughs> oh my gosh, they are going to be so shocked. So the next Sunday morning, I get up and I, and I do a build up. I have something to announce to you. And I said... I'm the pastor. And they, well, when are you going to announce yeah, something? I was the only one in the room who didn't know it. Why did I not know it? No inward agreement. No inward agreement. Faith is inward agreement with what God says first. 
and it's agreeing with words. It's not agreement with body. Right. It's not agreement with symptoms. Right. It's not agreement with what somebody said to you. It's agreement with words that came from God. Yeah. And in here you agree. And when you do that, he calls that receiving. So you're authorized to tell your body, I received my healing. You're authorized to tell your checkbook, I received my provision because I received it in here and you can't get it out of my hand of faith, devil. Why? Because he doesn't have access to our spirit. Now he has access to our minds to try to get us to take our hand of faith off of it. But he can't pry it out of our hand of faith. I don't know about you, but this helps me. Faith is not believing God can. That's not faith. It's, let me say this. It's a preliminary entrance yeah, toward faith. It's not believing God's going to. It's believing he's already made it mine. And all that he's made mine is waiting on one thing, my agreement. Faith is your agreement. Faith is your permission to give God permission to perform and fulfill in this realm what your spirit laid hold of. Are you helped tonight? Stand with me to your feet. Father, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. You are within total control of what your spirit agrees with. You understand that? You're in total command of what you choose to agree with. I choose to agree with his word tonight. What about you? I choose to agree with his word tonight. I choose to agree. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. This is, this is not anything authored by the body. It's not anything authored by feelings. It is completely authored by believing what God says and choosing to agree with what God says. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ra raise up your hands and let's worship him tonight. We worship you, Father. We worship you. We worship you, Father. We worship you. Thank you. There's a... Years ago, there was a man who came to my husband's service and he brought a cloth. Acts talks about that if someone isn't present where the anointing is in manifestation, it, there can be a cloth that acts as a storage battery. And that anointing will go into that cloth and then the cloth can be transported to another location, carry that anointing to different locations. And this man came to my husband and asked him, would you lay hands? You hear that ringing, Brother Andrew? It's ringing up here. Um, he said, uh, I have this call for my mother. She's been diagnosed with breast cancer. So Ed laid hands on it. And I loved what this woman did. Her son brought it back to her. They lived in another state. And she took it and set it on the counter. And for several weeks, she schooled her spirit. She schooled herself into faith and she said, 
I'm going to pick up that cloth and I'm going to lay that cloth on my body. And when I do, healing power that is in that cloth is going to leave that cloth and go into my body and work a cure. She did that for two weeks. Said it all throughout the day. Said it all throughout the day. What did she do? She got her hand of faith ready. I'm talking about in her heart, that spiritual hand of faith. She schooled her faith into expectation. And of course, you know what happened when she did that. And she was healed of that. We don't want to get, listen, we're going to, the greater the degree of anointing and the greater the measure of faith that's released, the more instantaneous things happen. But instantaneous deals with the manifestation. Right? We need to just be occupied. Am I believing? Am I believing? What, what am I believing? My hand of faith is agreeing with God. My spirit, I'm receiving it. I'm receiving it. I receive it. So once you leave this place, not no, I received it. I received it. In my heart, I received it. Don't let any passing of time, any what may be instantaneous or what may not be instantaneous cause you to weaken your hold of the hand of faith on what you receive. Amen. We're good at receiving. I said, we're good at receiving. Say this, I always receive. Listen, your spirit is under your command. You can always agree at a moment, I agree with God. And then you go out and you feed on that word, not to again agree, but to fortify what you agreed with, strengthening that hand of faith that took hold of that answer. Amen. Hallelujah. We glorify you, Father. We glorify you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.